How's the Bite? I'm Ken Root. We are at Murray Outdoors under the big walleye on the south end of Guttenberg with Bob Urban, the entrepreneur here who works every day. Bob, it's kind of a dreary Friday, but on the other hand, I hear that uh, fishing is good. Yeah, Ken, the last four days have been phenomenal on the walleye bite, sauger bite. Um, They're fishing in the rain. They're fishing before the cold snap comes, I think. The fishing will be a lot better, Ken, as the temperatures drop here. We had a little cold front come through today. Uh, Temperatures are going to drop. I think the low is 28 tonight. And then uh, kind of a freeze warning. We're going to have that hard freeze. The bugs are going to go away. Um, And we're going to have to get our cold weather gear out to brave the elements. What's happening to the river? I got a report the other day. It was going to go up like seven feet in a week. Now it's been moderated, hasn't it? Yeah, so we've been getting calls. People have been talking about this huge uh, raise in the river. Um, I think what happened was they got a ton of rain up in the Hayward, Black River Falls, Minneapolis area. That whole corridor affects us. Um, And then they forecast it. And we didn't get as much as I thought we would have yesterday. Um, It missed us around here, but up north they're getting some rainfall. We are predicted to go to somewhere around 10 foot. They had it just over 11, so um, it's going to slowly come up about, you know, almost a foot a day here for the next uh, week. So we'll get close to 10 um, where the lock chambers will open. What it actually will do is probably help us get a lot of that grass out that people complain. It'll flush that down. Um, Fishing will still be good. It's not like it's going to be... The poor fishing conditions, um, the raise is actually better than the fall for fishing, the fall of the water. So the bite will be the bite will be really good up till I think uh, Tuesday, I think, is when we're peaking somewhere around there. Did I tell you that I took a little footbridge and crossed the Mississippi River as its source as it comes out of Lake Itasca in Minnesota? That was two weeks ago, and it was running north. Yes. Figure that out. Yeah, I don't know how that works. If you look at uh, what people are fishing right now, um, there's a little discomfort, I guess, but yet there's a lot of satisfaction in it. If you're, if you're hauling fish out, if I'm doing that, I really don't care that I'm getting some rain on me, a little mist on me, a little cold. I kind of like all those things combined when you consider what it was in the middle of summer. Yeah, exactly. And remember last Friday, it was, was it pouring rain here? I don't know. We were doing the podcast and that guy come in and I just got done talking about how these weather days when the weather's the crappiest is sometimes some of the best walleye fishing and and Benny interrupted us last week and had a customer that he was helping and and uh came in and he had his limit in like two hours we've been hearing that a lot yeah that's Colton he works with Benny and uh, said Benny recommended what for him to fish with and he was back here in just a couple hours with a full limit of sauger yeah sauger bite's pretty good right now and they're 15 to 18 some 19s um, some of the biggest ones that we've seen in years are, are sitting in there right now. Um, they're doing really well. Uh, the one I bite the last two weeks has been crazy. We talked about that. It's not a new lure by any means. It's 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 70 year old lure that is a hunk of lead. It's a casting spoon, two treble hooks, a little kicker blade on, a little willow blade, and just get that to flip over. It's an aggressive, somewhat an aggressive snap jig type lure. When you hit the bottom, the uh, with the lure, got to be on the bottom. Three-quarter ounce has been pretty common right now. Some one-ounce activity there with the river level and the current out there where the fish are. Saugers do like that high current. 
walleyes not as much so we're catching walleyes on the inside of the current seams the saugers are in deeper water hair jigs uh the last two days we're really getting into the purple hair jig bite um not as many one eyes but they're still catching them i would assume that that bite is going to switch over when we get cooler we're at uh, 50 mid 50s i'd say water temperature um we had 58 59 this week when it warmed up so um, somewhere around 54, 55 right now, and then we'll get down below 50 here in the next week. There are some people who decide that when it gets cold, they need to uh, roll up the fishing line and hunt deer. And there's quite a bit of deer hunting going on now in the early season part. I visited just recently with a young man over in Dubuque who is a taxidermist, Brandon Post, who does an incredibly good job. And I want to tell you what Brandon recommends. If you uh, shoot a deer this fall, you know, Bob, you've got some options here of what to do with it. You can, uh, I suppose, you can take it to a locker. Uh, you can do it yourself if you want to uh, get the meat. But you can also take it to a locker plant. Do you have a recommendation? And you can't throw those deer back, right, Ken, like you can fish once you shoot them. That's true. You didn't cover that that aspect of it. So you can I, miss them. Yeah. They definitely miss a few. But what happens then, uh, That's I tell people that's when the work starts, after you get that done and dragging them and, and prepping them and getting them ready for the locker. Um, right around here, Ken, we, we do carry Edgewood meats uh, on their pork and, and their beef products here at the store. And Edgewood, you can't beat Edgewood. They're, people will say they're maybe a little bit more expensive, but they do everything right. Um, no issues. Uh, they have really good products, really good stuff, really updated equipment, and that's where I recommend to send people here. There are some smaller lockers, but but they can keep up and they'll get your product back to you at a timely manner, um, and that's where a lot of people will take their deer. I think it's best for you to call ahead, make sure you know where you can go. Some people want to donate to what's called the Hush Program, which is help us stop hunger, and uh, I'm not sure the plants all do that. I don't think they really like doing it, and I think they also have to jump through a lot of hoops with the state to be able to, uh, first of all, to process deer, but especially if they process deer for that program. Yeah, the HUSH program, you're going to notice that a lot of folks uh, used to do that program a lot, but you get so busy with deer um, and having to be able to fill that HUSH program. There are still folks that do it. If you go to the DNR website, they do they do post on there where, where they accept those deer. Um, we have been seeing an increase on tags. We're seeing an increase on that pre-rut activity. A lot of the hunters that are coming in, um, I'm seeing the activity on uh, coming into work in the dark. They're starting to starting to see a lot of young bucks, a lot of different stuff uh, coming in uh, in the morning in the dark, and stuff's moving around. We're we're always shoot for around November 1st is when that rut you, you'll see. You have a lot of young bucks that come in here. Uh, and you have a lot of old dogs that come in here as well. I'm one of them. Uh, you sell a lot of licenses, aren't? Doesn't this place rate in the top hundred selling deer licenses in Iowa? Yeah, I think I think we might be in the top fifty, and I didn't know that until you talked with uh, the gentleman from the DNR when we were doing that walleye challenge. And that doesn't surprise me. I knew we were number one probably in the county. Um, but in Northeast Iowa, we do a lot of licensing sales, but there is also a lot of a lot of deer tags sold out of here and a lot of fishing licenses sold out of this store. I saw a guy walk in the other day, yesterday, and from the time he said, I want a license, he gave you his driver's license, till you had it back to him, it was like two minutes, maybe less. 
I want to tell you a little story about that. <laughs> uh, my son and I were in a gas station. I won't name the town, but the gas stations are pretty difficult. And I, I used to do business with this gas station uh, on the nightcrawler end of it. And uh, the poor girl behind the counter, guy wanted an early muzzleloader tag. And there was a line of people just wanting drinks and food and stuff. And I'm like, ma'am, do you mind? I just did about 300 of these today, you know, or whatever. It wasn't 300, but maybe 30 or 40. And she's like, are you kidding me? And I'm like, yep, I'll, if you let me behind the register, I'll have it done in two seconds. And she was so thankful. Nolan's just like, my son's just like, dad, what? Yeah. No, I helped her out and, and the hunter was thrilled and it's just tough. There's a lot to it if you don't use it. So going to those gas stations, going to Walmart to try to get a, a tag, good luck finding somebody that even knows has the key or the password or whatever. Uh, come to your local bait stores, get them done. We can crank them out right now. We can also help you. Not that we're liable for it or getting you the right tag. You still have to know what you want when you come in, but we will help you go through the process and what you have for landowners and what you have. I personally will. Um, uh, cause come this time of the season, you have so many options when you own land and when you want to hunt bow season and when you want to hunt gun season and then you're going with a party and geez are they getting the right tags and is this going on and who has the who has enough beer for the party who you know that all all we don't sell that stuff but we will help you on the tags but it's a whole process up here ken we talk about it every year once we get into december it is crazy up in clayton county it's a party for uh for hunting get out of school you know, all that stuff. Once we hit the deer season, the gun seasons, it's a lot of activity here. Now, suppose you get a big buck, something that you want to put on the wall. Um, you need to make sure, according to Brandon Post, taxidermist, that you do it right from the time you shoot that deer until you get it to him or any other taxidermist. And uh, I talked to him. He was in the deer stand himself yesterday afternoon, and he'll give us a little information on what he recommends you do to get your deer ready to be mounted so it looks the best. Brandon Post has a taxidermy studio on the outskirts of Dubuque. And uh, Brandon, I know you're an active deer hunter. Um, you're out for bow season already. And uh, I'm curious what you'd recommend to people who harvest a big buck and they sure. want it to look its best, what do they need to do to get it to you in the best shape? The best thing to do is practice, make a good clean shot, uh, kill that deer as fast as, as fast as possible. Once you, once you do find him, he's dead, got him as quick as possible. I always take a tarp, throw it in my truck and my hunting bag. And once we do got him, I'll take that tarp, lay the deer on the tarp, and you can buy a cheap tarp two, three dollars, Menards, wherever. Wrap that tarp around that deer, kind of, you can take some bailing twine or whatever, tie it tight. That way it just protects our, the the cape, the whole deer from any sharp sticks or anything that, I mean, the back of a four-wheeler rack or anything from cutting that hair. Look as nice as possible without a bunch of rub marks. Then get that deer out, out of the woods as quick as you can. Get it home, get it cooled down as quick as you can. I think we're going to probably get some cooler weather here next week, so That'll help a ton. I've been getting a few deer in here, and the guys will bring them in pretty much the same night they're shooting them. They're getting them skinned out, cooled out, and bringing them right into me. I get them caped out, flushed, and they're right in the freezer within 
12 hours of them being shot most time. Do you pretty much stay available uh, seven days a week during the hunting season? I am, yes. My shop's right at my house. As long as I'm not doing you know, something with my kids or with this upcoming two weeks, I'll be hunting a lot, but I'm always available mostly during the middle of the day or after dark. I'm home right away and back in the shop work until late at night. So that doesn't bother me now that it's hunting season. I mean, kind of time is all the essence to get that deer in here and and we can get it taken care of right away so we can preserve it and there ain't a chance of slippage or spoilage. So, And anything on the horns, uh, being careful with them? Right now, not really. Um, I'm sure somebody will probably shoot one still with some velvet dried on. Now it's pretty much going to be rock hard, dried on. If you want to leave it on, I can preserve, preserve it. Um, there's really not a whole lot you have to do. Just be careful. The bark around the base of the horns, I leave all that on there. Um, I just like it. It's just, you know, that's what that deer was doing, was rubbing his horns and mm-hmm. and whatnot. So that all I get preserved on there. Don't really have to do nothing with them. Just make sure they're not getting scraped as you're hanging them up, getting scraped on like a concrete floor or sometimes we'll see inside the main beams are a little scratched up from concrete or in the back of a pickup truck rubbing against the bed liner. If they can't get it to me you know within a short period of time it's always all right to put it in the freezer wrap the whole head up in uh, some good heavy duty garbage bags and uh, just make sure the hide's somewhat cooled down before you put it in there and and um, that's not a problem to to freeze it until you can get it to me Um, or if uh, people are unsure how to skin them themselves i am mostly always available i have a lift right in my garage where uh, you can back right in and i can skin it right there for you free of charge, um, take what I need, and then I wrap the, the deer up in food-grade plastic, and you'll be on your way to uh, your lacquer planter, take it home, and cut it up yourself. So Once you get into like the end of uh, second season shotgun, late season muzzleloader, you got to be a little bit more careful pulling them horns because they're going to start shedding. They could start shedding then, and you know I, I get one or two in every year. A guy will pull the horns, they pop off. That's not a not a problem. I can get them put back on their exact same place it's it's not a not a problem at all it happens quite frequently during the later seasons of the year all right tell me a uh, phone number or link uh, facebook anything where people can find you and uh get to you during the season my cell phone uh, if i don't happen to answer i'll definitely try giving you a call back as soon as i can phone number is 563-543-4075 um, you can find me on Facebook under Post Taxidermy. Um, I don't have a website, but Post Taxidermy is updated quite frequently with uh, pictures and of uh, finished products and whatnot. So, Well, you certainly do great work. I call you more of an artist than anything else, and I'm amazed at how those deer look. I appreciate all my customers uh, sticking with me uh, when I was behind there, but we're finally uh, making good headway, and the turnaround time this year is going to be a lot more reasonable, and we're get some... Uh, Mouth on the wall here shortly, so. All right. Brandon Post from Post Taxidermy in Dubuque. Thank you, Brandon, and good hunting. No problem. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, Bob, those people who are uh, coming in here to buy these tags, the store is open for them to walk around other places. I mean, it's such a short time it takes to get the tag. Do you want to take me on a little tour of the store and just show me some of the stuff you've got from these late-season fishermen or those people that are getting ready to ice fish? coming up here in the near future so ken we're just going to go to the first aisle where we we can 
what is it shock and awe uh-huh. we can kind of do that for the walleye fishermen this first aisle we have ken is just awesome hair jigs we have rocky hair jigs we have our stick em tackle hair jigs in 20 different colors quarter ounce half ounce three quarter one ounce depending on whether you want to cast them or if you want to vertical jig them that's what those different weights are for uh, and then where the river's at for the current level. So we have all the weights for that. We have one eyes, we have blade baits, we have jigging wraps or ripper minnows for snap jigging. Mm-hmm. Anything you need for walleye fishing at a lock and dam, whether it's here, whether it's Genoa, whether it's Lynxville, whether it's Dubuque, whether it's Bellevue, we cover all those fishermen. They come here, they really like our aisle. And then we have a whole wall of plastics. The plastic bite we'll talk about, that's still probably 10 degrees away where the fish will start feeding more on plastics. But for right now, we have everything here, stinger hooks, all of that. And then uh, let's talk hunting and go over to the hunting section. We're getting all that stuff, scents and all that stuff right. ready. One more thing, live bait. You still got live bait? Oh, yeah, you do need live bait once in a while too. When that, that one-eye craze, we sold uh, 2,500 one-eyes in three weeks, which is which is the most that we've ever sold out of the store here. How much? Do, how many people buy? They buy every color you had? That's what ran the numbers up or what? <laughs> the guy come in and he goes, you're out of white and one ounce. And I'm like, yeah, we have them in, in our brand. So I found him a white in our brand for one ounce. But uh, I told him, I was just like, geez, color seemed like it mattered two or three weeks ago, but I'm not sure if it does right now. Sometimes it's more of the action, Ken, than the color. Um, but we are a darker pool. If you come in and I'm going to just point you to purple. Purple's a really good color for walleyes in the fall and in the spring. It's amazing how you moved off of live bait back to plastic. I know. I know. You don't need live bait. I hate to say it. We're a bait store, but you don't, sometimes you don't need live bait. Um, if I'm fishing hair jigs and I'm fishing some three ways and stuff, I just, you almost got to have it with you. Um, whether you're going to use it or not is the thing. So it's just a nice thing to have, but yeah. We have minnows, we have mag minnows, we have uh, wax worms, crawler bites still okay for perch. We're still doing a lot of that stuff. Perch bites slowing down a little bit, uh, and then the crappies are doing really well too in the backwaters. Quick. Let me ask you also, for those people who are hungry to ice fish as their next big adventure, what do you have for them or what are you getting in for them? So we get that different clientele, Ken, uh, this time of year, and you'll see it in the big box stores. Um, Hanks and Waterloo, I noticed on their page, everybody's getting set for ice. Their ice stuff is coming in. We don't get too crazy about it yet, but there are those guys that winterize their boat, putting their boat away this time of year. They're done. They don't like the cold until they can prepare for it, and the ice is on. Those customers we have, we're getting that stuff in. I'll be setting it up all weekend. We have a lot more room now that um, Beth retired, so we can kind of transfer some of that stuff. We'll be putting a lot of our old stuff in, and we just sent in our ice order from the sports show, and that stuff will be in mid mid to probably around Thanksgiving area when we have our ice sale. Yeah, it's a lot of room in here. In fact, I can see almost two full one-foot square tiles available uh, that don't have anything on them. Yeah, it's just a transition, so we'll have to – we have a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. But let's go over to the hunting stuff and talk hunting since the rut's coming up next week. We're walking, we're walking. <laughs> There's no cash register activity. I kind of miss that. Let's play some. Okay, we're over here at the hunting stuff. Oh, we got a whole wall of it now. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah, we have a lot of stuff. We don't have a a very big section of hunting. We're not a bow shop. We don't do anything with bows or strings, but we have all the accessories that you need. We have all the ammo. 
that you'll need. We have all the scents uh, and all the scent killers. A lot of spray. People are going out in the bow stands, mm-hmm. and they're they're worried about what what they cooked and what they. I mean, we have shampoo for you. We have laundry. Boy, I love that. Does it have a conditioner? Oh, let's see. Nope, just body wash and shampoo. No conditioner. It does have aloe, though. Oh, that's good. With That'll aloe. make my skin a lot softer. Good. Yeah. And then you have laundry detergent. Uh, scent killer gold laundry detergent it just depends on how paranoid you want to be that those deer are going to smell you well your wife wouldn't complain a lot huh you've got the soap the bars of soap you can have you've got dryer sheets that smell like leaves i mean they if they it's (laughs) you know there's nothing that this industry can't think up to sell you and then if you want to spray yourself with golden estrus uh dough urine you can do that too i would recommend just spraying that on leaves and some of the the wicks they have, because come rut rut season, you don't want to smell like a, a doe. Well, I can tell you that. You certainly don't want to be on the ground smelling like a doe, looking the wrong way. Yeah. So uh, there's just a lot of stuff. We have uh, doe and estrus, um, doe urine, metatarsal stuff, uh, doe calls, uh, buck shakers, so you can rattle that around. It'll it'll sound. Broke my microphone. Are you okay? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. okay you can rattle that around for. For the uh, fighting activity come, because this is the time of the year you're going to have all that. We do have arrows. We do have trail cams. Ammunition. Ammo uh, this year. Uh, you'll shoot. Well, we're not in ammo season right now. It's bow season. But but come deer season, we'll have uh, the gun seasons. You can shoot 350 Legends now, 450 Bushmasters. They're straight wall cartridges. Um, we have all your slugs. We, we have stock of that. Uh, last year, I think we were we were struggling getting some of that stuff in. So 20-gauge, 12-gauge, we have all that stuff in stock. And guess what opens this weekend that we forgot to mention? What is that? Pheasant hunting season. And the numbers are up, it's, it sounds like, from their their counts that they do the, the roadsides in August. It sounds like it's good. Do you want to talk about blue tongue, anything in the area? Ooh, yeah, just uh, and this isn't confirmed by any means, but just the, the talk of blue tongue, we did have some of that happen. And I... I asked some questions about it early because I think it was expected with the low water levels. Um, this is a deer disease, and it's fatal to deer, but uh, they wander around for quite a while with it before they die. Um, yeah, sometimes. They're not they're not too far away from a water source, though, I, I believe, when they're found. Um, and it's stagnant water, uh, sh- low water ponds where... where uh, where the parasites found in the midge larvae, I believe, and that's what what kills the deer. Uh, we could probably have one of the the biologists talk about that in the weeks to come because it was affected. And this far north is, it happens probably every ten years, uh, randomly. Um, we see it a lot more in southern Iowa, um, in in a drier climate or a hotter climate, um, and we see that a lot more down there. But yeah, no, definitely. Uh, Definitely numbers, uh, and maybe the DNR can confirm this if we talk to them, but uh, it, was, it was in the 15s to maybe even up to 100 now in this area that, that I've been hearing. Whether that's true or not, I'm not sure. Let's go to Jerry Farmer, who's a conservation officer for DNR in Clayton County. Jerry, we're uh, getting close gun season for deer. We've already got people out hunting them with bow and arrow and black powder. Mm-hmm. What is the situation in Clayton County that you know of on this blue tongue disease? Clayton County actually had seen a spike in the mortality rates of the deer. It's been kind of southern Iowa, generally speaking, over the last few years has 
had seen an outbreak of blue tongue or EHD. Now EHD, I'm, I'm no veterinarian, but I, you know, it's it's an epizootic hemorrhagic disease or hemorrhagic. Mm-hmm. I think it's inducive to the kind of the dry weather we've had, the stagnant water. In particular, it's it's transmitted by an aquatic insect like a like a gnat or a midge, and the, these deer that are that are found dead or the mortality that, that's occurring, the deer are found near bodies of water, stagnant pools. You know, even the spring-fed streams here in northeast Iowa have trickled down to, you know, little or nothing in spots of that stagnant water. And in particular in Clayton County, there has been a a pretty significant hotspot, I guess, called the Buck Creek um, Valley, you know, northwest of of Gothenburg has seen a a pretty significant, um, I guess, dent on our herd. I don't know the exact numbers. I know our wildlife biologists, those folks have been trying to quantify how many deer have have uh, basically died from uh, this EHD, or I guess commonly known as, as blue tongue. They're kind of one and the same. There is some differences in them, but I, I don't know exactly the differences in the, in the strain of those. But it's definitely created some uh, some havoc in, in Clayton County, northwest of, of Guttenberg, uh, to the tune of you know approximately maybe 100 deer, and that's just maybe the the deer yeah. that uh, have been found by people out kind of surveying their their woodlots and stuff. What's the best way, Jerry, for uh, the folks who are hunting to get in touch with you? My work number, my state cell phone number at 563-880-0422. That's my cell number. Um, you can leave a message if I don't answer. I'll be either if I'm off or if I'm working, I'll be in and out of the hills and stuff. The reception's not the best. But they can get a hold of me, and, I'll, and I can pass it on to the wildlife folks. I know during the deer seasons, our our wildlife management folks are going to be kind of going around collecting some samples again like they've done in the past for chronic wasting disease and they may or may not implement taking samples of uh the deer that are suspect uh ehd or blue tongue uh deer that are found and they're, but they're probably wanting to get some more of them so okay all right jerry farmer of the dnr clayton county sure appreciate your work and uh thank you for the information okay thanks again Bob, you're a wealth of knowledge. we got a great store here that people can come into. So uh, if you need anything for deer, it's on this wall except for guns and bows. If you need anything for fish, it's back there on the other side, including the minnows. And Bob's up front most every day now at uh, Murray Outdoors on the south end of Guttenberg under the big walleye. And Bob, I want to invite you out for walleye tonight, 28 and a half inch fish, and we'll see how good it tastes. Yeah, you already invited me out, Ken. Not publicly. Oh, not publicly. I mean, this is publicly. It's we're we're having a business conference, and I'm serving walleye. Can you go with that? Yeah, that's perfect. I know. Okay, nothing about. more. Than okay. Yeah, we talked about that. Is it just me and you, or is Jane going to be there? It's just me and you, but I'm feeling uncomfortable every yeah, time you is, ask me that. This is odd. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just got done telling me that the island's kind of quiet. I need to wear a suit and tie out there. I complimented your beard. Uh, yeah, this is. Uh, maybe you can bring your son. No, he's not. He's not with me this weekend. We gotta. We gotta think of something else. So walleye, me and you, we're talking podcasts and what we can do to improve. Um, well, that's a long subject, and we don't have enough paper to write down all the things we could do to improve. But perhaps we can just enjoy the fact that we have one year under our belt, and we've got a lot of people who listen to part or all of this every week. So thank you all for that. 
We're rolling into the end of fishing season, which is great. Winterizing season, getting underway with that. Uh, deer season, moving ahead with angst and, uh, and, and joy. And ice fishing season, so we're going to cover them all. I'm going to Florida, but it won't matter as long as I can talk to you here. So I'll go so to Florida, and you can fight the cold. And up in Minnesota, where I was a week ago, they got snow today. Yes, they did. I saw the Dakota. Some folks were out in Dakotas hunting uh, snow geese. Snow, snow, snow. Go, go, go. Yeah. Well, thanks, Ken. I will bring my college rule uh, notebook, not wide rule, so we can we can put a lot of stuff and a lot of notes tonight, and we'll figure out what we're going to do for the year upcoming. Uh, I appreciate guys coming in, telling us about that they're listening to the podcast. It does take some traction. It does take some time. Ken puts a lot of work in it, and so does the DNR and everybody else that we have talking on it. So um, it does help you guys listen, share it, um, and see how many people we can get uh, listening because it is some work to do every Friday. So come by and see us. Yep. Thanks a lot, guys.